live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City. This is the Jeff Wagner Show. Here is the deal. Let me kind of go through what we know, and then I want to discuss this with you. It's just mind-boggling, and it might not technically be illegal, but if it's not, it should be. The reality is no car insurance, no problem. Nuts to that. Let's get them off the road. Impound the cars. Make the streets safer. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give us a call at 855-616-1620. What are those people talking about? You got a deal. A deal is a deal. Stop whining about it. Live up to its obligations. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. This is one of these programs where by 3 o'clock, my sense is I will have on one topic or another irritated all of you because there will be parts of the show that you will agree with and there will be parts that you will be very angry about. But that's okay. We call them as we see them. All right. The number I want you to think about, 19804. You can write it down, 19,804. I will explain why that may be significant in just a moment. But I want to give you a minute to think about it. 19,804. 19,804. All right. From the world of politics, last night was probably the final nail in the coffin of the Bernie Sanders campaign. The reports are that Sanders still hasn't decided. He's going to be reassessing his campaign, but he's still, at least this thus far, not ready to get out. Well, it doesn't matter. It's a practical matter whether Bernie Sanders decides if he wants to get out or not, because the, the Sanders campaign, to the extent that there was ever a movement, that movement as embodied by Bernie Sanders is over. Primary voting last night, Florida, big, big state, 98.8% of the voters of the vote is in. Joe Biden just whomped Bernie Sanders. Biden, 62% of the vote. Sanders, 23%. Biden, I believe, won every county in, in Florida. Just a flat-out whooping. Illinois, another large Midwestern state, did the same thing that Ohio, that, and I'm sorry, Ohio took off their voting, but Michigan, Minnesota, other states did. Biden wins big. of the vote for Biden. Bernie Sanders gets 36% of the vote. And then in Arizona, which again, this was going to be kind of one of the firewalls that that Bernie Sanders was going to try to mount. Um, it, It just, it didn't work out. Biden, 43%. Bernie Sanders, 31%. Right now, Biden leads Sanders by about 250 to 300 delegates. It is becoming an insurmountable um, obstacle. So, you know, Bernie's not ready to pull the plug, apparently, on his campaign, despite some earlier reports this morning suggesting that was going to happen. He says he's going to reassess. Like I say, it doesn't matter whether he reassesses or not. The voters have already made that decision saying, Bernie, we're, we're just not that into you. And Joe Biden is going to be the Democratic nominee. That That's just the reality. It's all over but the, the shouting. And interestingly, just as an aside, for everybody who was looking at the Wisconsin presidential primary scheduled for early April, and the conventional wisdom was, oh, you're going to have this incredibly contested electoral race, and Democrats are going to be running to the polls to vote. 
to, to decide because the convention and the nominee is still going to be up in the air, and that's going to really work well for Democrats um, or liberals that are on the ballot, like the very, very liberal Dane County Circuit Court judge who wants to be on the Supreme Court. Okay, th- that calculus is now completely gone because the, the bottom line is that this race is going to be all over but the shouting and probably just all over, period, um, by in the next three weeks. That's just kind of the reality. So that that electoral calculus is now taken off the table. That the whole thing about what's going to go on with the coronavirus is, of course, a different story. But Joe Biden is going to be the nominee. All right. I think there's two things that say that that is very, very bad news for Donald Trump. One beyond his control, maybe both beyond his control. First of all, a couple months ago, when President Trump was looking to was, you know, talking about his reelection chances, there was at least at some point. A, a possibility that the nominee would be Bernie Sanders or would be Elizabeth Warren. People that have a very, very different view of the future of the United States. I mean, look, look, say, you know, say what you want about Donald Trump, but I, I don't think in this country we are ready to adopt the form of socialism that Bernie Sanders was talking about and quasi-socialism that Elizabeth Warren was talking about. And the primary voters in the Democratic primary, I think, recognize that. So, you know, I think Trump was legitimately thrilled over the idea that he might have to run against a a Bernie Sanders because at the end of the day, if that's the case, the election becomes about Bernie Sanders' worldview and not about do people like President Trump or not. That's now off the table. So you have Joe Biden running, and I understand that Joe Biden might not be the strongest candidate in the world, but here's the truth of the matter. Joe Biden is a center-left a much more moderate candidate than, say, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. It's a different dynamic than if Bernie Sanders was the nominee. And that dynamic, I think, doesn't work as well for Donald Trump because it's going to be tougher to demonize Joe Biden on the issues because he is more of a centrist. I'm not arguing he's a centrist. He's just more of a centrist than Bernie Sanders. So that that's number one. As far as preferred candidates for re-election, Trump would rather run against Bernie Sanders than Joe Biden. That's issue number one that's now working against President Trump's re-election. Issue number two, the number 19,804. Grew, producing the show today and always, would you like to guess what that number is, 19,804? Is that the delicate count? No, 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 no. That number was the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the number on the day that Donald Trump was inaugurated back in January of 2017, 19,804. That is where the Dow stood. Now, over the last several years, we have seen a a, a huge run-up in stock market value. People have seen their their paper value of their portfolios go up dramatically. From 19,804, the stock market was, at at some times, within like the last six weeks, it was over 29,000. And one of the big arguments that you, you heard from a lot of people 
was that, all right, there's a lot of the stuff that we don't like about President Trump. We find the tweets to be off-putting. We find his personality to be off-putting, et cetera. But Americans vote their pocketbooks and look at our 401ks. Look at the stock market. It has been roaring, okay? 19,804 to over 29,000. Look at all that, which is all very true. Right now, as of this moment, I believe there's a, a trading hold. Oh, it just kind of got released on the stock market. The stock market today down 1,777 points. That follows a, a brief uptick yesterday following on Monday, the great, the largest stock market drop since 1987. The stock market as it stands right now, 19,000. 436. What that means is that all the money, it, and we'll just look at the Dow. We, we could break it down other ways as well. But all the money, all the gains in the stock market that we have seen since President Trump was inaugurated, they have all disappeared in the last really four or five weeks. The stock market is now below where it was when Donald Trump was inaugurated. Now, I bring this up because if the big argument for the re-election of President Trump was, hey, the stock market is roaring, people are making all this money, people vote with their pocketbooks, well, it may not be his fault, but coronavirus has wiped out all that over the course of the last month. And who knows where the bottom is? And while I continue to be to be bullish on the economy, and I believe we're going to get through this, and I believe that once that happens, there's going to be pent up demand, and people are going to start traveling, and people are going to go out to restaurants. I don't know when that's going to happen, and I don't know how long it's going to take to get back to where we were just a month ago. But I don't know that I think it's necessarily going to happen between now and November. So let's tee this up, 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I, I said this in the last segment of the program yesterday, but I've been giving it a lot of thought, and I got a number of emails from people on all sides of this issue. All right, I believed, if you would have asked me a month ago, I believed that the chances of President Trump being reelected were somewhere between 60 and 70%. I think now... Based on everything that's happened, and look, and I understand we are in March and we're in very volatile times, and who knew that the coronavirus, you know, two months ago, who knew that this issue was going to change American life in this fashion? But right now, I would say my estimate has moved from 60 to 70 percent likely to be reelected. I think those chances are, are probably down 30 to 40 percent. All right, our number, 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. The fact that Joe Biden is emerging as the running as the candidate and the fact that number, 19804, and right now we're at 19443. Like I say, the stock market, everything that's been gained over the last three-plus years has now disappeared. What's that going to do to the Trump re-election effort? 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Some people argue, well, he's going to be able to survive it. I don't know. Matter of fact, I, I think this 
might be a fatal blow to him. And I understand some people don't like to hear that, but this is a big deal. What do you think? 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Can President Trump come back from what's happened over the course of the last two months? Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. So very glad to have you with us. Somebody says, well, Jeff, yes, it, the market is now down from where it was on Inauguration Day, but it was 18,500 on when well, in November of 2016 when President Trump was elected. All right, you're missing the point. <laughs> the, the point is one of the big drivers that President Trump has been talking about as a justification for re-election has been, hey, the, we're in an unprecedented ta- time of economic development and success all right, no matter how you cut it, that that's pretty much over. I mean, all the gains of the last three years have disappeared in the last month or two. And a number of people are making the point on the text line that it's, that it's not fair to blame the president for that. And that may very well be true. All right, It may very well be true. Some people might argue our reaction to coronavirus was too slow. But all right, but if you're here's just the bottom line. If you are going to take credit for the economy when it is doing well, you know, it's tough to then say hey, it's not my fault when stuff doesn't do well. All right, our number, um, 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Is this going to be a problem for the president? Let's start with Julie in Kenosha. Hi, Julie. Yes, good morning, Jeff. How are you? Or good afternoon, good I Good afternoon. Say. I am well, thank you. Well, this is my thought. I think it's going to hurt President Trump significantly. I feel like his claim to fame was the economy, and although it's not his fault that the economy is tanking, he's going to get blamed for it. And I'm very concerned that Biden is going to win. Well, yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, again, people vote their pocketbook, and I mean, one of the big things that President Trump has built his presidency on, and you listen to the rallies and all that, it's, hey, look look at everything, you're wealthier now than you were, look at what the stock market is doing. Well, it's kind of tough to say it's not my fault that now the stock market is cratering. I, I, I do think that hurts you, and the other reality is, I mean, Joe Biden, for whatever people think of him, is not as loony as Bernie Sanders. It's a different campaign. And if people don't understand that, they don't understand politics. The issues you raise against Joe Biden are not the same issues you raise against Bernie Sanders. I couldn't agree with you more. I think if it would have been a Trump-Sanders campaign, it wouldn't have been an issue. Yeah, I agree. But now that it's a Biden-Trump campaign, it's going to be a problem. Yep, I think you're right. Absolutely. Thanks for calling. Okay, here's the inevitable test. Jeff, Jeff, you were wrong in 2016. Yeah, I didn't see Trump winning. Most of us didn't. Matter of fact, I don't know anybody, including Donald Trump, thought he was going to win. You will be wrong again in 2020. It could very well be. And by the way, I'm not calling the election. I just said that in my opinion, if you would have asked me two or three months ago, and people disagreed with that. People say, oh, you're drinking the Trump Kool-Aid. I thought it was probably 60 to 70 percent chance that President Trump was going to be reelected. My estimates of that have changed. And 
I, I think if you don't think that there, if you don't think that what's going on with coronavirus and the collapse of the stock market is an issue, frankly, I, I think you're being extremely, you know, naive. Now, again, a lot of stuff can can happen. We're sitting here; it's the middle of March, and who would have been able to necessarily understand that you'd have all the gains in the stock market over the last three years wiped out in a two-month period? And we don't know where the bottom is. I mean, maybe we're going to hit the bottom today. I don't know that. Nobody ends up knowing it, but I do think it's going to be, if people think that we're going to get all the stuff back over the course of the next two months, I think that that's probably naive. Now, I'm not bailing on the stock market. I don't know where people go. I think the economy is fundamentally sound. I'm just saying I think it's going to take a while for some of these businesses to come back. Let's talk to David in Allenton. David, you're on WTMJ. Thanks for taking my call, Jeff. Hi, David. Um, my my thoughts on this are that, you know, if people are that naive, I guess, as you would call it, um, to not see that this is no comparison to Trump's fault at all. It's a nationwide thing. It's and, an international thing, yeah. You know, it, 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 exactly. It, it's all the place. It's nowhere near his fault. And people are going to have more problems getting to the voting booth to vote the Democrats in or to vote Trump out. And this is not even going to, may not even see an election. I don't know what the federal law is on emergency crisis, on keeping a president in office during times of need, because we don't know where this is going. He may, you know, who knows where it's going to lead to. We should be more worried about Democrats and Republicans getting together in the line of let's get past this instead of fighting over who's going to be the next president. Because what's going on in Italy and everywhere else, that's what our concern should be, is how do we move forward? Because I don't know how they're going to actually debate and all this other stuff for the next six months with this going on. Well, I don't know what they could possibly do or say. Well, I mean, hopefully we will we won't be having this debate for the next six months or so. Hopefully we'll be ready to move on soon. Twelve twenty eight, Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. All right. Ron Johnson attracts the interest of the Journal Sentinel. They are skeptical of something he was quoted as saying in the New York Times last week, and that generates a skeptical follow-up column. Here's what Senator Johnson said last week in the New York Times. He said, right now, all people are hearing about are the deaths from coronavirus. I'm sure the deaths are horrific. But the flip side of this is that the vast majority of people who get coronavirus do survive. All right. Now, so that caught the attention of the Journal Sentinel, who then called him up to ask follow up. And they said, hey, you know what? What did you mean when when you said that? And he said, look, I'm not denying what a nasty disease COVID-19 can be and how it's obviously devastating to somewhere between one and three point four percent of the population. But that means 97 to 90 99 percent will get through this and develop immunities and will be able to move beyond this. But we don't shut down our economy because tens of thousands of people die on the highways. It's a risk we accept so we can move about. We don't shut down our economies because tens of thousands of people die from the common flu. 
All right. So then that attracts the interest of the reporter who says, well, I mean, are you comparing this to the flu? And Johnson says, no, I I know coronavirus has a far higher fatality rate than the seasonal flu. He says, but getting coronavirus is not a death sentence, except for maybe no more than 3.4 percent of our population. And I think probably less. He says people do need to recognize the fact that this is not Ebola, it's not MERS, and draw, um, and that's getting people, you know, up, upset, saying, oh, he's he's downplaying this. You know, he's got his head in the sand. You know, Johnson says, look, I'm hoping when all is said and done, maybe we have overreacted. But the fact that we're acting the way we are, I think, will really increase our chances of dropping the growth curve of this virus. So, again, I'm not being critical of what people are doing, but we also need to really understand the costs of potential potentially going too far here. Nobody knows what too far is, which is what's so difficult about the situation. We need hospitals to operate. We need grocery stores. We need distribution. We need manufacturers. We need, obviously, the people that manufacture drugs. We need our economy to continue to function. We just can't all shut ourselves and stay home. The economy has to move forward. And again, a rational reaction to this would to recognize the fact that the vast majority of people that get coronavirus will survive without much worse symptoms than a cold or a normal flu. All right, our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Accurate Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Now, my interpretation of what Senator Johnson is saying is that, all right, look, that this this is this is bad. It is a bad thing, but we have to balance at some point in time, we have to recognize that it's not the plague that people are going to get it, people are going to get sick, but the vast majority of people, the overwhelming majority, are going to get better. And the question becomes, at some point in time, do we have to look at the methods, look at the things that we are doing to spread, to prevent the spread of this, and do we have to balance this against what are we doing to the economy? What's going to happen when we put millions of people out of work, when our unemployment rate goes from 3% to 20% because we have forced the shutdown of all these businesses and these industries? How long is it going to take to come back? Is it irresponsible for the senator to say that there there needs, at least at some point in time, to be some sort of cost-benefit analysis? Our number, 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Now, one of the interesting numbers, and, and Ron Johnson doesn't give it, but you know, China, where this all started, there's 1.4 B as in billion people. Their estimates are that thus far, 81,000 people contracted the coronavirus. This is where it started, and of that, you know, a few thousand people died. Not minimizing in any way, shape, or form the number of deaths, but but by saying we have to balance what we're doing to control the spread with essentially you know forcing tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of businesses to close and people out of their jobs by saying we're going to have strict quarantines and nobody going out and nobody being able to go into restaurants at all those various things is there a point it is johnson being i guess irresponsible by saying at some point in time we have to consider what we are doing to society overall and our economy. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And part of the thing that I find to be interesting is, I just get the sense that nobody really knows. 
because, you know, a week ago we were being told don't have gatherings of a thousand people or more. I I understand. And that makes sense to me. So that's why I, I get why the NBA closes down. I get why Major League Baseball closes down. So then two days ago, we're being told, okay, 50 or more social distancing, no groups larger than 50. But, you know, that allowed that would have at least allowed bars and restaurants to stay open on a, on a limited basis. It would allow some stores to stay open on a limited basis. Okay, and then yesterday, that number has now changed. Now it's not 50. Forget that number 50. Well, who knows where we got that number 50. Now it, it's 10, which means that, that pretty much, you know, all the, the bars, all the restaurants, any any place that you might want to go for some sort of entertainment, the movie theaters, etc. now they have to close down. All right. As as we start to, you know, you know, decide what the number's going to be. Are we going to hear tomorrow that it's five? Are we going to hear tomorrow that, well, you, you can't be around anybody? Our number, 855-616-1620. Is Ron Johnson being irresponsible when he says at some point in time, you know, I don't have any problem with these measures that we're taking, but you do have to also consider what it's doing overall to people from an economic perspective. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line we discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. See, I think part of the problem is that nobody nobody knows for sure. I mean, two two days ago... You got the governor issuing an order saying, okay, no, no gatherings larger than 50. All right, that, that is an inconvenience, but it allows a lot of businesses to stay open. Then yesterday, okay, now it, it's not 50, now it, it's 10, which closes a huge chunk of businesses. But then some businesses stay open. I mean, I, I went to the DMV today. I mean, and it was, I, I went to the DMV at nine o'clock this morning. They, they were, they were open. Half dozen DMV employees working. There were maybe like a half dozen people in there. I was able to conduct business. I mean, I, I don't know. You, Target stores, Costco, Walmart, they're, they're open. Mayfair shopping mall closed. I mean, that's, and I think what Johnson is saying is, all right, at some point in time, do we have to need to have do we need to have some balancing between obviously our desire to try to limit the spread of covid-19 or but do we have to at some point in time say we we cannot crater our economy we cannot unemploy 20 or 25% of our population over a long period of time currently i i think what we're doing now is rational at the same time, I don't know how long you can end up doing this. You know, how long do we go on saying no public gatherings, you know, if beyond, you know, 10, 10 people? How long is that going to be practical? That's what my issue is. Do I have a problem with places having to close down for a week or two? No. If this goes on for months, though, at some point in time, you got to say, does this make sense? Um, 855-616-1620. Mark in Kenosha. Mark, you're on WTMJ. Hey, thanks for having me, Jeff. Sure. You know, I think you got it spot on is we have to remain rational and yet at the same time do what's required of us to protect our fellow Americans. And I, I want to make clear, the only comparison I draw here is the loss of American life. Uh, when you look back close to 20 years ago to 9-11, where over 3,000 American lives were lost in a huge tragedy, if you were to ask anybody on the street, if you could have done something to prevent that loss of life, would you? And the obvious answer is yes, of course. I would have done anything in my power to, to try and keep those Americans from losing their lives. 
So the the three thousand deaths there, what makes the the potential thousands and thousands of deaths that could come from this virus if it sweeps across the U.S. What makes their lives any less important? Well, okay. Or, or well, let me turn that around. Let me ask you this: We have tens of thousands of people who die on the highways every year. It, would that same justification say we're not going to allow people to drive anymore? Well, no, because like you said, you have to have a, a reasonable, uh, rational response to it. But then again, uh, the loss of life on the highway isn't uh, one car hits another car, hits another car, hits 30 more cars, and then those 30 cars all hit 60 cars in no, a suburban it, area, but, but it's still and now people, everybody's dead in a car no, accident. But no, but it's still, well, but I don't think anybody argues that everybody is going to die because of coronavirus. That That's just not, no. that, that's just not going to happen. I mean, some, and oh, okay, let, let's take a disease thing. All right, every year, and I, I'm not equating coronavirus with the flu. I, I understand that for the people at risk, it has a greater impact. But but we do have, every flu season, we have tens of thousands of vulnerable Americans who die because of the flu. And, and we don't mandate flu shots, for goodness sakes. I mean, we, we let people uh-huh. go out and around with the flu. I mean, I guess my, my question is, should, should we not do that? Uh, well, the difference is the... Uh is not even just the disease itself, but the incubation period. The fact that you can go so long without symptoms means that mm-hmm. it's inevitably going to put a majority of Americans at risk eventually. And I guess maybe it's a, such a personal thing for me because I'm young, I'm healthy. Sure. I have no concern about my own safety sure. or health with the virus. But I, my father is is very uh very ill and not doing well. And I fear that if he were to get the virus from any number of people, that he would easily be in the group of people that is not going to make it. And that's so I a, guess it and, all it all depends on how close it is to you and, and how sick the people you well, love and care about are. Exactly. That, uh, that no, really makes a difference. Well, I mean, again, I, I'm just – and I think I mean, Johnson's getting all sorts of criticism for this. All I'm saying is I, I think – I, I, you can't reject it entirely. I, I get what he's saying. And like I say, I'm not a guy right now. Do I have a problem with the the temporary orders of closures of restaurants? I, I, I don't. But that how my question is, how long does that go on? If, if we're going to take 12 months to develop a vaccine, what, what are we going to be doing? Are we going to be telling people that, OK, that this we're going to shut down a huge chunk of the American economy for the better part of a year, put all these people out of, of work and, and close all these businesses? I'm just saying that there has to be a balance. And that's what I that's what I, I read Senator Johnson's remarks as being that at some point in time, you have to have a, a balance and you have to. To have a, a rational type of response to this. Uh, Jeff, according to the CDC, 3.7 million cases of flu with somewhere between 1,300 and 3,300 deaths. They don't close everything for that. We don't require everybody to get the flu vaccine. I, I just, I raise this a, as this issue. We, we, we have these types of, of balancing things. And like I say, short term, I understand why we're doing stuff with coronavirus. My only question is, do we know what we're doing? And that's like I say, uh, two days ago, no groups larger than 50. Yesterday, it's no groups larger than 10. I mean, you know, what? where did that 50 number come from? That's kind of my question. And, and if that was not valid, why didn't we know it was 10 from the beginning? 855-616-1620. Let's talk to uh, Jim. Jim, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. Uh, um, uh, my context is I, I think Senator Johnson puts voice to 
what a lot of us who are actually on the front lines in this uh, in healthcare. I've been a healthcare worker uh, for over 30 years, working in hospitals the entire time, and I have never seen a social response to any sort of an infectious uh, disease like this, including the ones that were universally fatal, like AIDS and Ebola. Right. Um, I think that you know he's right that we need to stop and look at it. And one thing in the healthcare field, we everything we do is based on evidence. You know, what evidence do we have that what we're doing is effective or ineffective, and acting accordingly? And I don't know, like you said, how could they decide that one day that a meeting group of fifty is okay, and then the next day say, well, actually, it should be ten? Uh, where's the evidence? Well, right, and it also, uh, I mean, I think part of this, you know, it, it leads into th- this kind of uncertainty, and you get the idea that we're almost like throwing darts at, at stuff. Okay, well, be- because, like I say, if, if the number was supposed to be 10, okay, that that's fine. Why didn't they tell us that, you know, a week ago instead of, okay, now the number's 50, and before it was 500 or 1,000? That That's... And I guess my sense is that people just don't necessarily know about this. And I'm, I, I'm sympathetic. Look, I, I don't, I, I have some friends. My parents have both passed away, but I have some very dear friends who are in their 80s. I, I don't want to see them get this. Matter of fact, we we're reaching out to try to offer to help bring them food and stuff like that. I, I appreciate all that. At the same time, for most people reasonably healthy under a certain age, this this isn't going to be it's not the plague i just we need to just balance these things out that's all i'm saying right and the people I mean, they need to understand the precautions that we should have been taking all along yeah. in our personal lives to protect ourselves from the cold and from the regular flu yeah um are 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 the same the, the precautions aren't any different you know if you were concerned about getting the flu then you, then be, then you know jump on the bandwagon and 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 move to your toilet paper fort in the basement um, because you know you're going to run into it every single year, and and people that don't get the flu shot don't think they need the flu shot. Well, you know, then are they the same people who are saying we should you know not send kids to school for the rest of the year? That makes no sense. There's there's a hypocrisy to the point of being macabre. You know, it makes me wonder if this is one big wake up one day we'll find out this is one big giant social engineering experiment. Well, no, th- see, I don't think it. I, I mean, I don't go that far. I mean, this is a legitimate concern, and people are. People are scared about this, but I, I do think you need to have some perspective. And again, I short term, I don't have I don't have an issue with like the, these limitations and, and saying, okay, short term, we're going to close down the restaurants and we're going to close down the bars short term. But I mean, my question becomes, what what happens if, if this? If this goes on and on, and we're not going to have a vaccine for a long time. So what happens if, if this goes on and you have this spread and you get a lot of people that get infected with it and the vast majority are going to recover and they're going to be fine, but you, you do have some degree of fatality. How long, how long do you say, all right, we're, we're not going to have bars. We're not going to have restaurants. We're not going to have health clubs. We're not going to have movie theaters. We're not going to have entertainment arenas without even getting into the whole world of sports. I mean, how, how long do we do that? And I anticipate Johnson, what I think he's saying is at some point in time we have to have a, a balancing like i say right now that this is fine although i i confess i don't understand some of the some of the businesses that we say no problem versus the businesses that we say we we have to you know we have to shut down i, I but but I, I i i'm not encouraging like more businesses to be ordered to shut down but we we have an economy people have to work we have to get past it and given the fact that 
the vast majority of people will in fact recover. What I think we really need to do is be especially attentive to what happens with the least vulnerable among us. The people, and, and I, I've been saying this, this is why I'm such an advocate for, for getting flu vaccines, okay? It's, it, it's not for a lot of us who are otherwise healthy. You get the flu, you're, you're going to be sick for a couple of days. I'm one of these guys, I, I talk about getting the measles vaccine, okay? I, I think it's crazy that we're not vaccinating kids all across the board for things like measles because, you know, right, most kids... Get the measles, no big deal. You're sick for a week, you're going to get better, and then you've got that immunity. But the problem is, what if you spread it to somebody who's got the compromised immune system? And see, I, I, I just think this plays out. Now, this may, might play out on a little bit more extreme basis, which is why I, I think it's appropriate to try to figure out what we're, we're doing and, and try to, to the extent that we can try to control the spread, that, that's, that's great. But it's it's a virus, and you know people are going to come into contact with each other unless we are going to simply say, "Don't go out here. Just sit at home and do nothing but listen to the radio." That might not be a bad alternative for me. Don't go shopping. Don't go out. Don't interact. I just don't know how practical that is. All right, we continue the discussion. Actually, a lot of great topics related to that, including one of the things, one of the places that has been directed to close. Our churches. We're going to discuss that next. If you're on, uh, stick around. We'll talk about it. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City. This is the Jeff Wagner Show, and now WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Okay. Here are the coronavirus numbers so far across the country: seventy-three hundred and seventy-four reported cases, one hundred and fifteen deaths meaning that the, the vast majority of people who contract this, the overwhelming percentage, um, particularly people who aren't in those high-risk groups, they, they, will, they will recover. It's not to say that we should not do everything we can to stop the spread of this. Part of the problem I have, and maybe this is just my, my beef with the way government has addressed this, is I kind of get the idea, my sense over the course of the last week or so, it's been kind of like, it's been kind of like whack-a-mole. Because first it's, okay, we, we've got to close down sports. Because we, we don't want 18,000 people going to Pfizer Forum where, you know, people could be, you know, some people could be infected and then everybody's infected. All right. I, I understand that. And then, okay, we want to limit it to gatherings of 1,000. Don't get together with groups larger than 1,000. Okay, I, I understand that. Then it was 500. Then two days ago, it was 50. And then yesterday, it's 10. It, it's I, I will say this. I, I think that part of this is you, you have government leaders who... who I don't know if they're underplaying it or overplaying it or, or they don't know what exactly the answer is, but that's that's part of the problem. So anyhow, earlier on this week, Governor Tony Evers issues this order, no groups larger than 50. Okay, fine, and, and I, I get it. I understand that intuitively. We want to limit that. And, and that that order would have limited and put restraints on commerce, but it would have allowed a lot of businesses to stay open. It would have allowed a lot of the bars and restaurants to stay open. And by the way, I understand, yesterday is St. Patrick's Day, and, and if you've got you know your typical Irish bar that's open, and you've got 200 people crowding in, and everybody's shoulder to shoulder, and, and somebody's carrying this disease, I understand how in that sort of situation, it, it's not a good idea. So I, I, I get it. I understand 
putting limits. That's why, to me, that the 50 made sense. And it would have still allowed bars and restaurants and movie theaters, if they chose, to stay open. Now, the reality of this was a lot of businesses were closing anyways because they kind of made the decision that if we've, if we've got these, these – first of all, people aren't going out. I, I think in a, is, as a general rule, we are not dumb. And I think people are adapting to this and are making the decisions that they're not going out where, where lots of other people are. So there's a lot of that. I told the story, I mean, Sunday night we were coming back from somewhere and we drove through the Marcus Movie Theater that's kind of right across the street from where we live. And on a normal Sunday night, there would probably have been 100 cars there. There, there were there were maybe 15. People were already making that decision that they were going to be staying home and changing their lifestyles. But okay, so then you get the order of 50, then you get the order of 10. All right, now the, the order essentially says, from now it's 10 people, and it essentially says no gatherings larger than, than 10. There are, however, exemptions. Airports, gas stations, grocery stores, Child care facilities, group homes, hotels, jails, courts, government agencies. Like I said, I went to the DMV today. It, it, it was open. Hospitals, clinics, offices, manufacturing facilities, polling places, and some retail establishments. So it, it's okay to have more than 10 people at some places, but it's not okay to have more than 10 people at, at other places. Now, I'm not arguing for for stricter requirements. You have to have grocery stores that stay open. You you have to have manufacturing places that that stay open. You can't shut down, at least in my opinion, you can't shut down the country. But you have to have this kind of of balancing. Again, I'm not going to criticize closing the bars and restaurants for a week or two to kind of get a handle on this and, and see where we are. More than that, at some point in time, I, I think we might have to raise this issue. But, okay, that's what the order is. But interestingly enough, the order, it exempts airports, gas stations, grocery stores, child care facilities, group homes, hotels, jails, courts, government agencies like the DMV, hospitals, clinics, offices, manufacturing facilities, polling places, and some retail establishments. It does not exempt churches. So you have essentially the governor of the state of Wisconsin who is ordering churches to close. And of course, um, this is, we're, we're leading up to the Easter season. Now I know that there are certain churches that have made, regardless of the governor's order, had made the decision that they were going to close for the immediate future. All right. The, I think the uh, Catholic Church in uh, the, the Diocese of Madison, they had decided that they were going to close. Um, I, I think the Episcopal Church around here, I believe that they had ultimately made the decision that they were going to close. But now you have the government telling churches that they have to close. I want to open up the phone lines. Our numbers are 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Now, again, my my guess is that a lot of people, because of concerns about this, particularly people who might either be vulnerable themselves or who come into contact with vulnerable people, and, and let's be honest, my guess is, don't politifact me on this, but my guess is a good portion of the people who attend church might tend to be older. I, that's just that I know that there's young people that go to church and all that. 
But my guess is probably a disproportionate of people who, who actually attend church, I know this is true at the church I go to, tend to be over 50, maybe over 60, maybe over 70. So I, I, I understand, I think for a lot of those people, they're just making the, the decision themselves that they're, they're not going to attend. Uh, I know at our church, what they did is at least last week, they, they, they made the service available online so you could stream it, you know, if you wanted to do that. Our number, 855-616-1620. That is the Accurate Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Is it a good idea for the government to order churches to shut down, to tell them, all right, we, we essentially don't trust you to be able to, I don't know, do the social distancing? Is is that is that going too far for government? 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. And does it make sense, especially when you're going to allow airports, gas stations, grocery stores, child child care facilities, group homes, hotels, jails, courts, government agencies like the DMV, hospitals, clinics, offices, manufacturing facilities, polling places, and retail establishments to stay open. But we're going to close the churches. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. As opposed to, I don't know, maybe trusting the the, the priests and the ministers and the rabbis to you know, do what's in the best interest of their attendees. 855-616-1620. You would also perhaps argue that maybe in times of stress like this, maybe there's, at least for some people, there, there's never a time when keeping the churches open might be more important. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line we discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Here's an interesting text, Jeff. Churches are, if we're being honest, not even remotely an, accent, an essential function of society. Want versus need. Huh. Um, okay, just saying. Jeff, um, my church has stopped services. It is a Lutheran church and the grade school and has a grade school, so we are of all ages. We have online pre-recorded services to watch. Yeah, I mean, there there are definitely alternatives that are out there. 855-616-1620. Let's start with Vincent on the northwest side. Hi, Vincent. Good afternoon, Jeff. You know, uh, yes, I... Yeah, yeah, I think it was prudent for the government to ask churches and synagogues and, and temples basically to shut down for a while. You know, one of the major breakouts was in New York and New Rochelle, and that started in a synagogue. Yeah, where you and had one of the closed communities, the yeah. Well, they didn't ask them to yes. shut down. They ordered them to shut down. Is that, is that yes, the same thing? Yes, ordered them to shut down. And, and I think it was prudent. And like you say, the most, some of the most vulnerable population uh, basically to this virus, you know, is the, is the elderly population. And and these churches and synagogues and, and temples are filled with uh, probably the majority of people are elderly people. Yeah. And, and my point is, is that uh, also that the uh, fact is, is that God is everywhere. And if God could, could, could hear Daniel in the lion's den, he can hear you in, the, in your living room. And, and, and so the fact is, is that, yes, you know, I think it was prudent for them to, to basically order the, the churches to shut down. Okay, well, thank, thanks. I guess here's the, I, I think, I think many churches will make that decision themselves. Matter of fact, like I say, before the governor's order, because of, I think, exactly what we were just talking about, Vincent, the whole notion that, 
you know, a, a large number of the people who attend the services are probably in that vulnerable population group. I don't mean to generalize, but you know what I mean. That's just the truth. Um, and, and I think so a lot of churches are making, you know, making that decision. I also, I mean, I thought at first when we were talking about limits of church services, we were talking about maybe some of those mega churches where you're going to be having 500 or, or 1,000 people. But I guess I just wonder what is the magic thing? Is it 10? Is is it 50? And should we have some concerns? And I understand for a lot of people, you know, church isn't that big a deal. That doesn't matter, as one of our texters just said. It, it's not It's not a need. All right? Um, I, I don't know. I guess we can argue what is essential or what isn't. Um, okay, let's talk to, let's see, we've got David. David, you're on WTMJ. Hi. Um, Hi I have to say I'm a congregational president Um at my congregation up here in Toma, and we made our decision, the Board of Elders last night, to uh, comply with the state mandate that churches close or not have gatherings of right. more than 10. And, um, but I do confess to having mixed feelings on the issue, especially hearing that um, today an episode where they interviewed a Lutheran pastor in Hong Kong, a missionary there, and at their church is there, they're still open. They've just taken protective measures. You know, they have people wash their hands before they come into the church. They take people's temperature. And so they haven't shut down our churches right. in Hong Kong, of all places. Yet here, we're shutting down our churches. So I know I, I have mixed feelings. I think we're doing this for the benefit of people, but at the same time, do we need to be so extreme? Well, and then I guess the question is, how, how long do you stay shut down? Do, do you do it for a week? Do you do it for two weeks? Do you do it for a month? Do you do it for a couple months? I My my guess is, David, would, would I be correct to say that, that maybe the church attendance had declined in the last couple weeks anyways as people? Because, for example, at my church, they, they they knew that people had concerns about this, so they had changed a number of the different procedures. And and even though I wasn't there last Sunday, my guess is there a lot of people weren't. They were just saying, "Hey, I, I don't want to go out. I don't want to expose myself to this." My, my guess is the congregation's smart. A lot of the people were kind of staying away on their own without having the church have to shut down. Yeah, that's correct. You know, on Sunday, um, our attendance was certainly lower, and there was a lot of that vulnerable. P- population that chose to stay away. Um, so people were already making the decision on their own without the government telling them to do it. And, you know, they talk about social distancing. I mean, I was down in Milwaukee on Monday for a funeral at a big church over there just outside of downtown. Right. There might have been 100 people at the funeral, but the church was so big that it was very right. easy to social distance. So yeah, no, um, you could spread I, out, yeah. No, I, I, I yeah, mean, you really could. I, I guess, yeah, no, thanks. So. I mean, I, I understand. And again, I'm not I, short term. I understand that why we're doing this. Although I admit that the 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 numbers makes me wonder whether anybody really knows the answer. That we 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 again we bounce from a thousand to five hundred to fifty to ten. And, you know, I mean, I, I expect that the next order is going to be just don't talk to anybody, you know, just separate yourself in, in your homes and, and just don't interact at, at all. So I, 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 I'm trying to find what that happy medium is. And I guess short term, it's OK. 
But, I mean, this is the Easter season for Christians, and I understand I'm, that that's just from the Christian perspective, and I understand that there's all sorts of, you know, with, with, regardless of what your faith is, the, these are these are times, and arguably, I think, in trying times, if you're not in the dang, endangered risk group, this might be one of the times that you, you want to end up going to church, and now we've got the government saying, no, you can't. This is Jeff Wagner. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Let's sneak in one more call before uh, the news. Gianni in Montello. Hello. Yes, hello, Jeff. Um, yeah, I, I think it, w- it would be a mistake for, for the, the governor to issue a fiat to um, shut down uh, church services on Sunday. I think during this period, um, people need encouragement, spiritual encouragement and enlightenment um, on Sunday and Saturday nights. And uh, if you choose uh, not to go, not to attend because of, of the virus, that, that's your choice. But th- there are people that uh, with a modicum of uh, hand washing and um, measures of such, um, th- there's very little chance that you're going to contract this virus. Um, and, and church membership uh, and church attendance is, is down. So you're not it's not like uh, you. you it's not like going to a, a mega church where you're packed in with 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 uh, you know three thousand people or eighteen thousand um, people. Here with, yeah, now, thank with, you, Jan. I got to let you go because I want to get it to Melissa in a timely fashion. But but yeah, or or going to Pfizer Forum to watch a football a base basketball game where there's eighteen thousand people. In any event, the order right now shuts down church services. We'll see how long that lasts. Hopefully, not too long. Back for more. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. There are a lot of businesses that are being absolutely crushed by what has been going on over the course of the last you know month or so. And, and a lot of that is fueling what is this, this panic selling, I, I think, that's going on in, in the stock market. But at the same time, if you look at some of these businesses, the question becomes how quickly can they rebound when we get a handle on this? And I want to talk particularly about the, the, the travel business. And I want to speak broadly about this. All right, now the airline industry has been absolutely just devastated over the course of the last couple weeks. United Airlines is grounding half its planes, half its planes. It expects that the ones that are going to fly are going to be about a quarter full. Southwest, Delta, American, all doing the same thing. And if layoffs in that industry haven't come out already, they're, they're going to because First of all, you've got all the different restrictions on, on international travel. And then even even as far as domestic travel goes, people just aren't traveling right now. People aren't getting on airplanes. Airplane airports are, are ghost towns. All right. So so you've got that in, impact. All right. So then when you get to a place, all right, where are you going to stay with the hotel? In, in, in Las Vegas, they just ordered the hotels closed. So you got the casinos that are that are closed. Even if you flew to Las Vegas, there's nothing to do. I mean, all the shows are closed. The, so the hotels are closed. So you have all these people that work in the service industry, many of whom, my guess is, you know, work paycheck to paycheck. The low income workers, they're 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 out of work because even if you can get 
to a particular location. You've got all these hotels that are closed. So you've got, you know, that cycle there, not to mention, you know, the restaurant industry. We're here in Wisconsin, you know, restaurants, except for takeout, you know, restaurants are closed, which is forcing just a lot of restaurants that aren't geared to takeout to begin with. They're they're just closing, period. And a lot of others are going to try to make do, but they're going to make do with a fraction of their staff. Okay, so we're airline industry, hotel industry, what I'll describe as the hospitality industry. And then, you know, we talk about the, the cruise lines. Okay, I, I, I love river cruising. Ocean cruising doesn't do that much for me, but but a lot of people just love it. All right, the, the cruise lines, they're essentially shut down, period. You've got these major cruise lines Note that they've canceled for the next 30, 60 days, whatever. Part of it is because, again, virus concerns, but the other part of it is people just aren't going. I mean, it's this whole cycle of things. You know, people are just making this decision that they're not going. So as a result, you have these huge portions of the economy. And I'm not even talking about, you know, places that depend on tourist dollars. I mean, this this is this. OK, for Florida, for example, or, or Texas or, you know, this is this is spring break. I mean, this is when you would typically have hundreds of thousands of people, not just college kids, but but families who would be traveling to Disney World or, or Disneyland or, or going to Key West. Key West, you know, my happy place, but that that's almost exclusively, you know, a tourist type of place. Okay, so that it's just it all this stuff is being, you know, shut down. So even if you don't have an order saying, you know, you've got to close your restaurant, well the bottom line is people aren't coming in. And during a time where, you know, normally it's going to be busy, you're a ghost town. I mean my heart goes out. Let's just talk about local businesses. All right, the two of, and they always use the phrase Black Friday. That was always the term that was used for retailers. It referred to the day after Thanksgiving where you had all the Christmas shoppers and that would move them from operating at a loss for most of the year to into the black. That's why they called it Black Friday. Well, for lots of people in the hospitality industry, bars, restaurants, etc., spring is a big time. What do you have going on? You have the NCAA basketball tournament. People would flock into sports bars to watch college basketball, right? They, they, they can't do that anymore. That, 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 no, there's, no, there's nothing to watch, number one. And number two, the, the bars are all ordered closed, which means the bar owners generate no revenue. The servers get no revenue, et cetera, et cetera. Yesterday was St. Patrick's Day. Under normal situations, you, know, you would have bars. They, bars and restaurants would have been packed. Now, I understand that you could stop in and get takeout and things like that, but as a general rule, my guess is business was probably off 95%, and, and this is money that you're never going to get back. I mean, you know, once, once you've lost this, this is your big event for the year, you're never going to get it back, and I don't even want to think about what this is doing to, I mean, some of my friends who run what I'm going to call the mom-and-pop diners, you know, throughout the area, the, the places who, you know, they're, they're not part of giant, some giant corporate chain that can may, maybe stand to be closed for, you know, a couple months. I mean, they they depend on the, the regular client base coming in so they can make payroll. So th- this is a big deal for all these industries. Now, I happen to think that when this winds down, whenever that might be, there is going to be a, a huge demand. People aren't going to want to stop traveling. 
Okay, people aren't going to stop going to Las Vegas or, or Disney World. People aren't going to stop going on cruises. And I guess I happen to think that when this winds down, you're, you're going to see incredible bursts of demand because people are going to say, okay, that cruise that we had scheduled for late March, we can't go on it. But you know what? We're, we, it's, it's now, it's better, it's August or it's September, we're going now. I think the business is going to bounce back. I think people are still going to want to travel. I think they're still going to want to go places. I think they're still going to want to get on airplanes. I think they're still going to want to get on cruise ships. That's what I think. I was sharing this opinion with somebody yesterday, and they looked at me with that look that I get from time to time from people with the idea. They said, Jeff, I think you're nuts. I think this has forever, or at least for a long period of time, this has changed people's approaches. I, and this is what by this, this colleague of mine, this person I was talking to yesterday was saying, I, I think, I think, you know, maybe airline travel is going to come back, but it's not going to be like it was. And the cruise industry, yeah, people will take cruises, but not like they were. In other words, my colleague was saying, I think it's going to be a long, long time before people are willing to go back to what the normal was before this. Our number, 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Okay, what do you think? I, I, I really believe that once we get past this, however you want to get past it, I, I think, I think we're going to go back. I think we're going to get on planes. We did that after 9-11. I think we're going to stay in hotels. I think we're going to go on cruises. All right, person I was talking to yesterday thinks I'm nuts. Maybe. I hope I'm right. I hope he's wrong. But what do you think? 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line we discuss in just a moment. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Jeff, the shock now is to the economy. With many losing income and using up vacation time to help preserve it, I think that'll make it difficult for people to just get away, even if they're ready to after this is all over. Jeff, after uh, 08, it took three years to get my IRA back to where it was. Yeah, I think that I, I think that that's going to um, be a factor. Uh, the, just the financial thing, Jeff. People always return to normalcy, thinking otherwise is paranoid and just making the current system. Um, worse. Um, Jeff, I think you're incorrect about the surge in demand for travel after things return to normal. I think that those of us who are earning no income while everything is closed and had trips scheduled will not be going on that trip. It's one of the few ways we can use to recoup some of that money. Um, yeah, that's, that's I think, a, a factor as well. And I get that. That's, but I, I think as far as, as far as people Okay, are they, are they going to still take cruises? Yeah, I think the answer is is yes. Now, it's true that if you're laid off for a month or two months and there's no income coming in, yeah, it makes it tougher to justify that high-end trip to Disney World. You know, it's interesting. We're supposed to go to Disney World with my um, brother and my niece and nephew in, in June. And and so far, that trip is, is on. Hope we're able to go, but but who knows exactly. Uh, let's talk to Kelly and Slinger. Kelly, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for taking my call. Hi, uh, it, it's interesting because we are supposed to go to Disney in three weeks, and I think it's pretty safe to say that that's off. Not going to happen, but, yeah. Um, not going to happen. And you know what? We're, we're very, very fortunate in that both my husband and I are still able to – 
um, bring in our income as well. We're home, and our plan is to just reschedule this trip maybe later in the year when, when we're able to. And we may even lengthen the trip because we missed out on going this spring. So our plan is to, um, you know, keep right. do our do our part in keeping the economy going and keeping keeping the travel industry going. And again, we're fortunate that we've got that that ability and we've still got the cash flow. Well, right, because I mean, and again, I mean, obviously, if you're in a situation where you're going to be out of work for uh, you know the, the next couple months then it was just arguably irresponsible to, to jump and take a high-end trip. But you're not hesitant on getting on an airplane, or if you had a cruise scheduled, you, you, once once it's safe to travel, once we're back to normalcy, you, you don't, you're not going to have any problems getting on that plane or getting on that ship. Oh, gosh, not at all. I mean, we're actually, uh, it gives us something to look forward to later in the year. Yeah, yeah. we're disappointed that we couldn't go. But, no, I, you know, I'm, I'm fully expecting things to be, I don't want to say back to normal, but as you know, maybe a new normal, but yeah. that we're still able to do this trip. Yeah, th- thanks, Scott. I, that, that's that is the interesting thing. It's what, I, and I think maybe moving forward, we're going to have to figure out how do we define normal. I mean, I, I, and I know that sounds silly, but I, I still, I mean, I remember nine eleven. Okay, I was doing this job at nine eleven, and 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 we we had we had a normal, but it was a new normal. I mean, what 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 we after post nine eleven. What you have to go through to get on an airplane is so different than what you had to go through pre nine eleven. Um, there will be this is such a such a huge global crisis. I think we're going to get to normalcy. I can't tell you when, but what that normal looks like, not sure. Lucy on the west side. Hi, Lucy. You're on WTMJ. Hi. I think you're right about most of it, but not the cruises. So especially the big ocean going ones. Seeing the pictures of those people locked up on cruise ships in a petri dish of of the virus spreading and nobody willing to let them in or let them out i mean i would be terrified of being stuck on one of those ships and i i'm a big traveler i love to travel love to go to europe love to go to ireland scotland um but uh, get me on firm land okay. i'm not getting on one of those ships and i've been on them with my mother okay. back in the day but never again really never again really Huh. Not on one of the big oceans, the white ones. I might get on the Delta because you're you know, on the Mississippi River and you're in this country and you can probably get off, but not one of those big ocean going ones. Uh, interesting. Um, Do you have any reluctance to travel overseas? No. No, okay. But just you want to be on As I can get back to Ireland, I will. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, it's, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. it, it, and, again, we have we have our – our river cruise scheduled for you know Paris and Normandy that that's in September. I, and I haven't I mean I haven't heard anything from Fox World Travel. I know the event it, w- it was sold out. I'm I mean I'm assuming it's going to be still on, but I'm sure they're going to be reassessing over the course of the next couple months. People said, "What do you think about it?" So I'm not thinking about it at all. I mean I I, I you know we'll, we'll see where we are right now. It's still mid March. You know we'll see where we are. I mean, six months, that's six months, that's a thats a universe of time. Who can imagine that the last month would have been what the last month was? But I guess I'm not reluctant to do that. But, I mean, Lucy does make a point. The cruise industry in particular ha- has been hit hard by this. I'm not going to stop going on cruises, and I'm certainly not going to stop traveling. One of the things um, I, I think in, in also that's going on is for some people, there, there's there's going to be a, a pent up demand because I understand there's some people getting hit really really hard. You know they're losing their jobs, they're laid off, unemployment's not going to come close to making up their income. There's other people for whom are still working 
and let's put aside the, the carnage in the stock market, but you know they don't have anything to spend their money on right now. Let's talk to Mike on the northwest side. Mike, you're on WTMJ. Hi, uh, good afternoon, Jeff. Uh, my thoughts, well, the lady before me just stole my thunder. I, I like to travel, and I'll travel again. We just got back from Hawaii, uh, and uh, that was a different story with her. Nothing was said about the mainland here. It came back to mayhem here. Right. But uh, as for uh, what she said before, I will not go on a cruise ship on the ocean. I do not want to be on a floating petri dish. Uh, uh, I'll fly and I'll drive, but I'm not going to go on a cruise. Interesting. And you think that's going to be a permanent decision? I would take a day or two cruise, but I don't want to be stuck on a ship for who knows how long. Got Those it. people, I just feel for them. No, no thanks for call. But, of course, and I understand, I, I, I do too, which is one of the reasons why when this whole thing started, I, I had said if I had been scheduled to go on uh, on a cruise, I, I would have delayed it because yeah, you, you don't want to get stuck on, on the ship, and particularly you don't want to get stuck you know, overseas or, or whatever, you know, not being able to come back. That that being said, I mean, I find I find traveling to be so incredibly broadening. I, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy doing it with groups of people that I like. I, I, I enjoy seeing places that I've only read about, and, and I guess I wouldn't want to – I wouldn't want to take that away from me because I, I think, you know, it's so important. Now, I understand our caller Lucy was saying, well, you can still go to these places, but you go and you do the land travel. I, I guess maybe that's a factor. I'm not willing to give up this stuff, and I hope I hope people aren't. I, I hope that the bottom line is once we get through this, you know, and, and I think the airline industry will come back. I mean, the airline industry is getting just killed right now. And again, I... I, do I do I feel sorry for you know the president of Delta? Not necessarily. Do I feel sorry for the pilots and the flight attendants and the ground crew? Absolutely. Do I feel sorry for all the people that are maybe getting laid off at the local airports because air travel is so far down that they don't have to go? A- absolutely. Because none of this is anybody's fault. It, it's just it's just not. It's just stuff that ends up happening. And do I feel bad for, again, I keep coming back to the restaurant industry because I know all sorts of people who own small restaurants or work in the hospitality industry. And I I just, I I understand this is going to be devastating short term. My hope is long term, however you want to define long term, and hopefully by long term, we're talking weeks instead of months because if it lasts much more than months, you're just going to see all sorts of businesses go out of business, and I think that's unacceptable. Hopefully, shorter, sooner rather than later, we'll get some sense of return to normalcy, and we'll be able to gather in groups larger than 50, and we'll be able to go out and sit in a restaurant and have our fish fries, and we'll be able to get on an airplane and fly to, I don't know, Phoenix, and be able to you know rent a car and then go stay in a hotel and enjoy the weather maybe even baseball. All right, back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Okay, Melissa, personal question. How often do you get your hair cut? Mm, I do have long hair, so I would say every every 
few months. Every couple months. Every couple months, yeah. Okay. Um, when was the last time you went to your hairdresser? Probably a month ago, and I do uh, color my hair a little bit because I'm getting you a little color gray. your hair. I, oh my I gosh, do you didn't have to bit. give that up oh, on the sorry. radio. Well, so I'm I just saying, like, I was thinking about going to the salon, and yeah, so I color my hair. Okay. Um, yeah, so every couple months. Okay. Now, now for me. I have uh, I have this wonderful woman who cuts my hair. Lives right down the, the, the shop is just right down the street mm-hmm. from me. I I go about every three weeks. Okay, that that's you know a, about every for three a man's weeks. haircut that's about right. Short well, haircut. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean you know it could probably last a little bit longer, but it, that's just kind of the routine. It's sort of of, of every three weeks. So, um, and I just I, I don't know what happened because I got my hair cut a week ago Monday because she was. Her and her daughter were supposed to fly to Florida. Her daughter goes to UW-Madison. They were going to go on like a spring break. Uh-huh. I, I don't know if they, they did or not. Yeah. Okay, but but regardless, so I'm not scheduled to get my hair cut till that, that first week in April. I forget what the, the day is. All right, I bring this up because the governor of Ohio just announced that – now, the governor of Ohio has been closing stuff. His name is Mike DeWine. He, he's been – Ahead of the curve, I guess, in, in closing stuff. He's been closing stuff right and left. Um, and he just ordered today, he, he just said he's going to shut down all, all Bureau of Motor Vehicles locations. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I was just at the DMV in West yeah. Bend this morning, so I got that covered. And, and also, he announced that he was ordering all barbershops, salons, spas, and tattoo shops to close as well. This is in Ohio. Interesting, Jeff. If you need a haircut, I can do one for you. Okay. Well, that's that's well, <laughs> not saying it'll look good. That's, okay. <laughs> Just well, an option I, if you need I, one in the next few weeks. I, I appreciate that. I, I, Some I, clippers I, in the newsroom. I, I do appreciate it. And, <laughs> and, and of course, one of our colleagues was I, I don't know that they've mentioned this on the air, so I'm not going to name them right now. But one of our colleagues was telling me they had a massage scheduled for mm-hmm. for Friday mm-hmm. that they were very much looking forward to, and I, I think we're going to kind of put that one off right. because that's that that's you know really close contact, you know. So I had a dental cleaning that was scheduled for this morning, and I canceled yeah. that because. Oh, really? Do, yeah, a lot of people are saying, you know, anytime you're in a close quarters with someone, and if you think about that, I know dentist's office probably aren't closed right at this moment, but no. huh. uh, it, yeah, I, I didn't do my cleaning. I actually rescheduled it. So. Oh, see, now that's interesting, because yeah. I have one scheduled for, I, I think, next week, and it hadn't even occurred to me to, to, yeah. to it hadn't even someone had mentioned to that to me, to me. oh gosh, I hope, you know, this and that, huh? and I said, oh, I didn't think about that, but then as I as the week went on, I thought, hmm, maybe I will, so. Huh. I, see, I, it's funny, I hadn't do, done that, but but closing closing barbershops. So let me let me ask you this: If you were due, if, if this was the week that you were due to to go get your your haircut, mm-hmm. you know, would would you call that? Would you be hesitant to go into your to your hairdresser, your hairstylist? I don't know. It's one on one, but they see a lot of people in that chair every day. So yeah. I, I I would think about it, and I would probably put it off for a week or two. I'd be okay with that. Okay. Yeah, I would. All right. I want to open up the phone lines. Our number is 855-616-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Now, at least based on my understanding, that this Tony Evers has not yet shut down this this particular business. Um, obviously, health clubs slash spas are, are closed because it, it's more than more than ten people. Tattoo shops. I'm, I'm, I don't know that I have an opinion on it one way or the other because I'm, I'm not getting a tattoo. But, but we all do, whether you're a guy or a gal, in all likelihood, you, you get your hair done, you get your hair cut, et cetera, 
etc. I guess I'm not reluctant to, to go get my, my haircut. And I, I go, I don't go to one of these places where, you know, you're sitting there and it's, it, it, I'm not knocking it. I mean, I know a lot of people go to like the cost cutters or the whatever those places are. I, I don't go there. I go to a, a particular woman who, you know, cuts my hair. And yes, she cuts other people's hair and stuff. But I guess I'm figuring if I'm not feeling sick and she's taking the appropriate precautions, I'm not worried. But but this is an individual choice. The, the salons, the, the barbershops haven't been shut down. But would you delay getting your hair cut while we, we play this out. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Gru lining up the calls back with uh, more in just a minute. And I guess I find these types of things interesting because the reality is whether government shuts down businesses or not, a lot of times what happens is the businesses end up shutting down because, you know, consumer demand. I mean, look, it, you, you don't need somebody to say, okay, the, the cruise ship line's aren't going to be sailing because nobody's booking on a cruise right now. That's just kind of the reality of this. Would that apply to barbershops? Okay, 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you're on the line, please hold on. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Getting a number of texts from people who are saying that their dentist's office have have all said that they are closing for the foreseeable future except for dental emergencies. Haven't heard that from my dentist, and I guess I I I wouldn't I'm not hesitant going in for that. I think I've got just a regular teeth cleaning scheduled for next week. Right now we're talking about but barbershops though. The governor of Ohio is set to announce or has announced that all barbershops Salons, spas, tattoo parlors have to close for the foreseeable future as of five o'clock today. I, I understand the spas and, and health clubs. I, I don't know if there's any health clubs that are open nowadays, maybe really, really small gyms, but I get that. But what about barbers? If you have, if you have a haircut scheduled and your salon, your barber is open, are you going to go? Jeff, my barber shop, um, in Hales Corners did shut down out of an abundance of caution. Um, okay, uh, Jeff, I'm getting my hair cut this Thursday. It's just a one-person barber shop. I don't change my own oil, give myself a colonoscopy, or cut my own hair. I'm getting that haircut. Okay, let's talk to Colleen in Belgium. Hi, Colleen. Hi. Okay, should 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 barber shops or 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 hair salons, should they be closing down? Should they be forced to close down? What do you think? Um, well, I work in a children's salon in Whitefish Bay, and we did close down because we have a lot of kids that come in, and they're known to be carriers. So we just thought that on the safe side that we it protect us and the pe- other people coming in. Right. So it's, it's – and if – I know it's tough to speculate, but if your if your if your practice if your business wasn't kids was adults, do you think that you'd reach the same conclusion? Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, unless you're really cleaning really good after each person, you know, they say that this kind of hang- lingers around for a while. Right. Um, I don't know. Right. Okay. Fair enough. No, I get it. And so, I mean, 
you know, that it, it's the children's thing. I mean, 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. What would you do? Amy in Elm Grove. Amy, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hi. Got an email from my hairdresser that they closed. That's it. Thank God I got in two weeks ago. My roots are good. Um, I think they should. I mean, if we're going to do this, you know, if we're going to shut down, we need to shut down completely. Two weeks. Let's go for it. Shut them all down. Okay. I hate to say it. Okay. So let's say it's four weeks from now. And how long do we keep doing this? I think we give it three. Okay. Maybe four, but that's it. Then life has to go on. Got it. If this hasn't curbed it, I think we have to suck it up and move on. Okay. No, thanks. I, and I think, see, and that, I, I mean, that to me is the interesting thing. And, and that's why I have, as a general rule, I, I'm still having an issue with closing the churches. But I, but I, and I, as I've been saying throughout the program, I, it's kind of the whack-a-mole approach. Okay, first it's going to be 5,000, then it's going to be 1,000, then it's going to be 500, then it's going to be 50, then it's going to be 10. I, I'm, I'm wondering... If, if we're just kind of guessing at all this, but you know, short term, uh, okay, I, I think short term we can close the restaurants, we can close these places, and by short term I mean you know a couple weeks. At, at some point in time, I I don't think you can crater the economy and put millions and millions of people out of business. I think at some point in time you have to figure out you know how how can we move on. Um, but it is it is interesting. Like I say, I'm not going to be confronting this for a couple weeks. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. What would you do? Um, Scott in Greendale. Scott, you're on WTMJ. Hey, my friend. I have to laugh because I literally was just grocery shopping at Myers. I need a haircut badly to the point where I'm looking like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> and I saw like a master cuts in there or whatever. And I had this whole basket of, of groceries. And I'm like, oh, I should just dart in there real quick. But at the end, I was kind of lazy. But here's my point. My point is, no, I, I wouldn't have a problem doing it. Yeah, I wouldn't have a problem going in there. I assume that the person has, uh, you know, good uh, control of their personal health and right. whether the nose is running and all that kind of stuff. I, I would still make my point. Okay, because you – now keep in mind, I mean, I'm a child of the 70s. I still have some of those pictures of how I looked with long hair and stuff. You know, it's it, it's, <laughs> it's it's not a good look, but uh, you, you don't want to go back there either, huh? <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly it. I figure, oh, well, the only thing is I fly airplanes for a living, and so I'm, I'm supposed to have my hair cut to a certain right. level, but I guess we'll just have to deal with it. Good enough. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Well, I mean, again, I'm just, I'm, I'm curious. The reason I bring this up is I, I'm curious as to where people are. Like I say, my understanding is there's not a blanket order ordering salons and, and barbershops to close other than the, the order that applies to, you know, no 10 or more people together. Now, I could be wrong, but I, I don't think there's been an order yet. But would you, you know, if, if you needed a haircut, um, would, would you go? Rocky in Cedarburg. Rocky, you're on WTMJ. Hi there. Hi there. Okay, what's going on with you? So I am a licensed barber, and in, in a comment to what the client who just hung up Said, or the customer that he would have no problem going in because we should be in control of our personal health. We are in control um, of our personal health. However, I work in a high traffic salon yeah. where we could see almost a thousand customers a week. Yeah. So I have come into quite a bit of contact with lots of people that could very well be contagious or could have been contagious who wasn't aware. And right. That makes me non-aware right now. So, so would you be more comfortable if your business closed down? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Absolutely. 
Okay, is there... However, on the flip side, we work for yeah, every dollar we make. Yeah. So... Because um, that was... It's funny, because that was going to be my follow-up question, that my guess is in your industry, you don't work, you don't get paid. <laughs> it's... Um, that, that is correct. But we're also exposing ourselves right now. Um, right now, actually, since the NBA suspended their um, their season, our business has taken a huge decline. I work in an act. Okay. Um, it has taken a huge decline. I have clients who have been coming in who are coming in now just because they want to sneak it in before we do get closed down. Right. But um, it has been incredibly quiet, Inter- which is good. Well, yeah. See, because and thanks to call, Rocky. yeah. Thanks, thanks, thanks to call, Rocky. I, and I, yeah, I'm sure. I, and again, I think there's probably uh, again a lot of people who are kind of making that decision. I mean, I know yesterday the governor's order, no more than ten people. That effectively closed down all the health clubs. I, I'm, you know, maybe there's some small gym somewhere that can figure out a way to stay open. But but before that, I, I know from talking to a lot of friends of mine who go to some of the bigger area health clubs and from the one that I belong to, that that attendance had just dropped off dramatically because even if they were open, people were making the decision that, well, you know, you're there, you can do all the hygiene stuff that you want, but you're you know, you're you're still using equipment that somebody else had sweated on, and maybe they've wiped it off. But you know, have they wiped it off good enough? So I, I know people were like, just to your point, Rocky, were, and I, I thought Rocky was going to be a, I thought it was going to be a guy, but it's a gal. All right, um, but you know, to her point, I mean, I think a lot of people were probably just saying, hey, you know, we we can wait on this a little bit. Stacy in Oconomowoc. Hi, Stacy. You're on WTMJ. Hi. How are you? I am well, thank you. Okay, what do you think? Should should people be reluctant to get haircuts nowadays? So I'm a hairstylist as well. I see about 10 to 12 customers a day. And tomorrow is our first day of being closed. Um, I do believe that we should be closed down. We touch people. We're in people's... And yeah. we are very intimately close to people. Oh, and, you know, there was a woman that came in with a mask yesterday. And do you know how many people wanted to be in a different room than her? I mean, no one wanted to sit next to her. Yeah, and I mean it's uncomfortable. People are super sensitive, and I I agree with being closed down. And it's like I'm one of those people that I'm not getting paid, so right. But I would rather be home and be safe than spreading. You know, I'm I'm 32. I'm a carrier. I could be a carrier. Right. I do have an underlying uh, heart condition, so for me, it's worth staying home. How long? And I, I, I understand we're talking about theoretical stuff. Um, at what point in time do you say, hey, I really got to get back to work? Uh, a week from now, two weeks from now, a month from now? What, what's the end game in your mind? Well, we're closed, I know, through April. I think we're opening back up on April 6th. Okay, so. Kind of like, the, well, what the schools were doing. I don't think that's what they're doing anymore, but that's what we kind of set our guidelines with. Right, so kind of two and a half weeks or so. Off the, that's about yeah. two. You're going to be closed for two and a half weeks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, be safe. Thank, thanks for calling. And again, there's no right or wrong answer here. I'm curious. I'm curious as to where people are on this issue. Sue and Mequon. Sue, you're on WTMJ. Hello. Hi. Thanks for, um, I guess, talking about this <laughs> this topic. Um, I actually have a haircut tomorrow, and um, the whole 
um, color thing. So <laughs> we women are desperate, um, and I plan on keeping it. I also um, want to enter in, um, I'm a dental hygienist. Okay. And until today, till noon today, we were open. But um, many people have canceled, not all of them. And I guess when I, when I think of it, um, I'm thinking, I take so many precautions. I have a mask on. I have my eyes covered. Um, you know, they're not transferring it to me because I'm covered. And yeah. um, I'm not giving it to them in that respect either. I have gloves on. And, you wipe it, it, and, the, down. and the equipment is all it's, sterilized and stuff like sterile. that. Yeah, yeah. It, every, everything is wiped down. And, you know, I mean, I'm not an authority on this, and I don't, I'm not trying to be that way. I, I, I just question, you know, we're doing wipes and we're doing things when the whole HIV thing is, you know, hepatitis. All of the stuff that we're using is to protect those things, which can kill you. Granted, this can right. kill you a very small amount of the population. Um, right. But ironically, the other day, I had the three patients that kept their appointments were all in their 80s. <laughs> Interesting. They did not cancel. And so I'm thinking they're the ones that are at risk. I'm over 60. And I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I just, and when you ask about how long should we do this, I'm thinking the American public has a very short attention span. And this is like a snow day to everybody. Right. And I'm thinking in two weeks. The natives are going to get restless, and people aren't going to be able to pay their bills, and I think there's going to be a different outlook. And those roots are going to start showing and all that kind of stuff. Oh, my God, yeah. And you think how ugly it's going to get. We're going to need psychological um, um, counseling. Thanks for the call, Sue, and good good, good luck with, with getting that procedure. One more call. Christine in Germantown. Christine, you're in WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi, I had just gotten in the car leaving my hair salon, and you were talking about this. <laughs> um, right? I got my hair done like I did every five weeks. I did call to make sure we were still on, and she said yes. Um, the salon is having a meeting with the manager on Friday to discuss how they're going to proceed, but my hairdresser said she had not had any cancellations. Um, and at this time, they're only having five hairdressers at a time in the salon. So five hairdressers, five clients, if right. they're all full, so right. ten people. Um, when I walked in, uh, two ladies were spraying things down, wiping things down, and they were using gloves, doing hair, and I felt perfectly fine about the whole situation. I'm on my way to the grocery store i'm a little more worried about touching everything there (laughs) and i have to stop and pump gas and i have to touch the gas pump that everybody's touching so you know two words two words christine hand hand sanitizer sanitizer. that's it thanks interesting and no right or wrong and and at least thus far and and i guess i I just it hadn't occurred to me like i said i think my my hygienal my my point with hygienist is next week I, I have if if they're open I'm I'm going to be there. Uh, text Jeff. I'm a hairstylist. I have not had one cancellation. I have actually had people call me to make appointments. Um, Jeff, my daughter-in-law is a hairstylist for weddings. She has two cancellations for the month of April. She's booked through fall for every weekend. Wow. All right. Well, it. Governor of Ohio is shutting down hair salons, shutting down barber shops. I, we're not at that point yet, um, but the emphasis is yet. All right, 229. This is Jeff Wagner.